Who's glad to be in church this morning? Come on. All right, everybody, tell your face. Tell your face you're glad to be in church because I'm looking. I need to see pearly whites. Some of you are like, mm, 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 mm. I'm happy to be in church. I'm happy to be in church. I'm happy to be in church this morning. Well, you don't look like you are. <laughs> if you don't know who I am, my name is Pastor Derek. I want to welcome you so much to uh, connect for our first experience today. You guys are in for a special treat. I actually want to welcome all our online viewers and our Framingham campus. Come on, first service, let's give it up. What's up, Framingham? We are so glad you're with us as well. We love you guys. We love you guys over there. They're killing it over there. We're so glad that uh, you guys are making a difference in the Framingham area. We pray for you often. We support you and can't wait to be with you guys. Hey, listen, um, let me just say a couple things. One, you guys are getting ready to get blessed in a big way. Do you guys realize that? I mean, you, you guys love coming to church anyway because, you know, you're blessed every weekend. But one of the things that I've said to you over many years is we don't have just anybody in. We only have friends. Uh, and some of that's because I'm a protective shepherd. Like, I don't want just anybody talking to my peeps, right? And so, right? Right? Cause so, so to be a good shepherd, you know, you got to make sure that we're in the same flow. We're all going the same direction. We're on the same team. And, and the gentleman that's coming here, the brother that's coming here, the pastor that's coming here, the shepherd that's coming there, I mean, he's leading that team. <laughs> so I'm bringing in, like, when you cut me, I bleed what he represents. And he is the executive director of the Association of Related Churches, of which we've been a partner for 20, since inception. And um, we, uh, we support the ARC. We've been behind the ARC. We get to see what they're doing. I'll let him tell more about that. But this guy's the quarterback for that. And I'll let him tell you some of the stats and what's really, really happening through churches investing in the ARC. You guys have been investors in the ARC for, for many, many years. And uh, this guy's the quarterback of that whole association. In addition to that, uh, Pastor Dino Rizzo pastored a very successful and influential church at one time, one of the most influential churches in America for 20 years. And uh, now he serves through the ark, but also on at the Church of the Highlands staff. You guys know, so my pastor, this is his best friend. And so I couldn't have a better person come to you. Uh, he's spoken on some of the greatest platforms in America and really around the world. Uh, I consider him a dear friend. I've known him for many years. He's been a, a passive and direct influence on my life. I, can, I trust him explicitly. I've gone to him with high-level concerns and needs at different times uh, over the course of, of the ministry. And uh, he's influenced us uh, from afar. And today, he's here in person. Before you say anything, before you do anything, let me just say this. In 1 Timothy 5, the Bible tells us that those that teach the word, that those that, you know, sow into the body of Christ, they're worthy of double honor. And so you know that we're in high honor church, and we honor people that, for what they do. But listen, when you're, when you're preaching the word, you're teaching the word, and you're sowing into the kingdom, you're sowing into leaders. He, he spoke at the Warriors Conference this last weekend and poured his guts out. And uh, no AC there. Let me tell you something. This morning, he is blessed because we are in climate control, everybody. So you're going to get a special blessing. But he was like pouring sweat. And so uh, I brought him a do-rag and some towels from a gym so he could wipe himself down if he needed to. But today, he won't need to do that. But he is worthy of double honor. So I want you, sometimes I have you stand and, and you applause, but I want you to give a double dose, high praise. Let's honor the man of God. Pastor Dino Rizzo, would you come? Come on, everybody. Let's stand to our feet. Let's give him the best we God. Amen. Come on. Hey, let's clap our hands for Jesus. You know it's all about him. Wow, that is, that is 
Oh, my goodness. To God be the glory. Come on. You, you can be seated. That's plenty, plenty, plenty. And uh, God is so good. And wow, just thankful, thankful for his mercy and his grace. I got up like many of you today. Just woke up and thank God for another day and thank God for another opportunity uh, to live for him and to be a dad and a husband and, and to be a friend. And so it's an honor to be here. And uh, I'm, I'm, I'm going to see if I can get that recorded and play that to my wife a lot and just... See if she'll applaud when I walk in the room and see how that works. I am Italian, so I do require that. And so, uh, anyway, that's pretty awesome. Uh, and then I'm coming back for s'mores. I don't know about you. I'm flying back up for s'mores. I mean, why not? Come on. five. Is it 508? The 508? And so, it's awesome, awesome. What a great worship experience and what a great facility and just a great church. Uh, you are blessed to be in an amazing church led by people who love you. And all the team that I've met here, uh, listen to Pastor Mark, I believe it was last weekend, I got to watch online uh, the message, was it uh, my crazy family or crazy relationships, or uh, I, I would just call it, we crazy, and so uh, that's how we say it down in the dirty south, we crazy, and uh, I pastored in Louisiana for 20 years and now in, in Birmingham, so uh, I'm, I'm from the deep south, but uh, what a great church, I know next week you're going into a series, Tree of Life, how important that is, uh, just learning the, the life side of the gospel and, and having that in our family and our home, so thank God for this church. I thank God for what you represent. And uh, I love how the, the idea here is that you have a heart to connect those that are disconnected or to connect the disconnected. I love that because that was me. I was not raised in church. Uh, we were not church going people. We would have never got up on a Sunday morning and, and come out of our mouth. Let's go to church. We were just, we weren't raised in that type of context. And so thank God that the church came to me and did an outreach like you do in this community. You reach out to community. You're, you're, you're trying to connect those who are disconnected from God. And so I am the product of a church like this who did that. And so I, I thank God for it. Then I got involved with the church and didn't know anything. I mean, I didn't know how to act. I didn't know how to holler. I didn't know how to, I clap at the wrong places. And like, you know, when nobody was yelling, I was like, party. Okay, that's not what we say. It's hallelujah. Okay, I know nothing about God. And so thank God for a church that was patient with me, that gave me a pathway like you have here where you take next steps. You can be a part of a connect group. They'll let you serve on a dream team. All those things. And so that was my journey. And so I'm grateful for churches like this uh, that help people come along a little bit. And so uh, I just want to encourage you to probably one of the greatest things I ever did was I got in a small group. I know you're starting a small group semester, uh, a way to get connected through those connect groups. So come on, hashtag get in a group, hashtag get in a group. And so it's summer. You want to get in a, a small group. Uh, it, it made a difference in my life. And, and that was where I, I understood some things I didn't understand. So love what God is doing here and love your pastors, pastors Derek and Stacy, of course, the family. Uh, it's just incredible. Just the real deal. I mean, leader of leaders, wise, uh, all about the Word of God. They're about Jesus. Uh, they're about you. You can't get around Pastor Derek and not realize that he loves God, he loves his family, and he loves you. And I'm going to tell you this, as, as a church, that's a gift from God to have a pastor like that. So make sure you treat him like a gift. You've been given a great gift in your pastors and the utmost integrity. It has been a joy. I mean, I don't want to go home. I just want to come to y'all's house and just hang out. Can we clap our hands for our pastors and thank God for <laughs> pastors Derek and Stacy. They help us a ton. And, uh, 
they, uh, they're a part of what we do in planting churches and leading churches. So over all these years, about 17 years, we've been planting churches. You're a part of that. So every time you go online to give or you give there in the back in those giving uh, places and you text to give, all those ways that we give, leadership takes a portion that helps us plant churches. So you've been a part of it from the beginning. And so uh, over the last 17 years, you planted 774 churches across the United States and Canada. And uh, we'll plant. Come on. That's a good place to clap your hands. So because of your consistent priority giving, we're able to say yes to couples who want to do this. And so because you say yes to generosity, we can say yes to generosity to couples that have a dream to go launch a church in a middle school or a movie theater. We've got a church launching uh, this fall in an art gallery. Come on. Any space can be used. And so they're going to be launching in an art gallery. And so just amazing the opportunities we have to spread the gospel through church planting. And so thank you on behalf of those couples that we say yes to. And uh, because you say yes, we get to say yes. And so having a blast there at Ark and then, of course, Church of the Highlands, get to serve Pastor Chris, having a uh, just time of our life there reaching people like you, uh, multiple locations. You have another locations, multiple services. You know what I always tell the church is anytime you're in a church that has another location or other services, then all that says is that you love people. So let's do everything we can to reach people. You're in a church that loves people because people matter to God. And, and so that's the kind of church that you're in. If you've just been visiting or you kind of been kicking the tires here at Connect, uh, I'm going to tell you right now, you're in a good place. You're in a good house. Loves people, the real deal, integrity, making a difference. And so we're, we're, we're in a good house. But uh, bring you bring you greetings from the Rizzo family. Uh, my, my, my wife is a Cajun girl raised in Louisiana. I was raised in a little place called Myrtle Beach, South Carolina, and ended up in Louisiana. And we pastored there, and we're doing our family's doing well in Birmingham. It's tough being an LSU Tiger football fan living in Alabama right now because they're the devil. I'm telling you right now, straight up the devil. But uh, our family's doing well. I, I brought a picture of our family. I don't know if we were able to put that up or if we can if we grab that somewhere. The Rizzo family, uh, I think they somewhere around there. There it is. There's the Rizzos, and so that's our family right there. I can just tell you this, when, uh, when the dog is in the Christmas picture, you no longer run your house. I'm just telling you. So no longer leading my home. My daughter is. And so that's my daughter right beside me. That's McCall. She is 23. Uh, and is uh, getting ready to get married in October. She works at Church of the Highlands. That's our other baby. That's Isabella. And uh, she's uh, 17 years old, junior, going to be a senior next year. She's cheerleader. I'm a cheer dad. Come on. I can go there right now. I, I can chant it up. I could, I go V I C T O R I right now. Don't, don't call me out. And then, uh, and that's my son Dylan. He's up in New York serving the Hillsong Church. And then that's my lovely wife Dylan. We've been married 29 years, uh, 30 years in December. So that's my girl. That's our family. So we feel like family here. Uh, I, I kind of make myself at home everywhere I go. It's a good thing. It's a bad thing. I may show up at your house. I'll get up in your refrigerator. I will sit on your couch. I will use your toilet. I ain't scared. And so I'm just, I just make myself at home. We got those kind of people. So I feel at home here. But I want to talk for a few minutes. I know with where you're at as a church and, and the idea of the tree of life. And I want to talk a little bit about life. And I believe it's so fitting as you're a church that reaches out and helps people. I want to talk for a few minutes around the idea of 
live an inviting life, an inviting life. And because there's no one that had lived an inviting life like our Savior. And, and I believe we're living in a world today and we're, we're facing times where, where as a believer, as someone who follows Christ, Lord, help us to live an inviting life to the hurting and to the broken around us. So I want to talk about that for a few minutes. Let's pray. Father, we love you. Lord, we thank you for what you're doing in this house. And Father, we thank you for our pastors and Lord, just the, 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 the energy and the passion that we feel, our time of worship and all that's happening with kids and students and at our other locations. And Lord, just reaching people, a growing church, reaching people, helping people get connected. Lord, those that are disconnected, Lord, to find life and find peace and uh, find a purpose, Father, in this crazy world. So speak to us for a few minutes. We love you so much. In Jesus' name, everybody said a good amen. amen. Turn to the person next to you and say, I'm glad you made it to connect today. Come on, look at the other person next to you and say, you need a little connect, my friend. Come on. I love this story. I love finding windows in Scripture uh, where it shows Jesus. Um, uh, and, and it, it, it shows us the life that God intended. Uh, and I love looking through the Gospels. When I came to Christ, I, I started diving into the Gospels. And I've always been a, a student of the Gospel, of course, all the Scripture. But I really love finding these moments in Scripture that helps me to, to live my life in a way that, that honors God or that helps people or makes a difference. And one of those windows is in Luke chapter 14. I came across this a while back, and I just love this story uh, of Jesus. It makes me smile every time I read it. Uh, Luke chapter 14, uh, verse 15, it says, when one of those at the table, so Jesus is sitting at a table, he's at a gathering and he's at a gathering talking about kind of being together and conversation and, and meals and banquets. And, and so it says, so one of those at the table, um, with him heard this, he said to Jesus, blessed is the man who will eat, look what he says, eat, so he's talking about eating. Blessed is the man who will eat uh, at the feast in the kingdom of God. Jesus replied, a certain man was preparing a great banquet and invited many guests. At the time of the banquet, he sent his servant to tell those who had been invited, for everything is now ready. They all alike began to make excuses. So we see these three different excuses. The first one said, I've just bought a field. Uh, I must go and see to it. Please excuse me. Another one said, I've just bought five yoke of oxen and I'm on my way to try them out. Please excuse me. Now, Jesus is telling this story. It's in red. And so these are two excuses. They're, they're very busy. They've got a lot of possessions. They own a lot of things. And obviously, a lot of things own them. And, and there's a lot going on. They're, they're extremely important people. So when they get to this moment, they have been invited. And now the moment of the, the gathering is happening. And they, they, they can't be a part of it. And then it says, another one says, uh, I just got married, so I can't come. I, I love how he kind of throws his wife under the bus. It just says, no, nah, I can't. And she ain't got nothing to wear, and her hair's not ready, and her nails are all jacked up. She ain't going to be able to come at all. And then um, the servant came back and reported this to the master. And then the owner of the house, remember Jesus is telling this story, became angry and ordered his servants to go back out quickly into the streets and of the alleys and the towns, and bring all those, I love this, uh, that are there that are crippled and blind and, and are lame. Go out and get those who can't get here. And, and, and it, so, that, so that happens. And then, then the servant comes back, and the servant says, what you ordered has been done, but there's still room, which is a problem. Because the master has not prepared all of this and has not created this amazing moment, 
and this gathering for no one to not enjoy it or, or for no one to not participate with it. He's, he's created everything that's needed so that everyone possible can experience and enjoy what he has prepared. Can I have a good amen? It's, it's, it's the image of God. It's the life that God intends for us. We'll finish this up. And it says, um, so they went back out. The master tells them, go out. Go out to the roads and the country lanes and make them come in that my house will be full. I want a full house. I want as many people as possible to what? Be connected to what I have made available for them. That's what I'm looking for. Then Jesus finishes up telling this story and says, I tell you uh, the truth that not one of those men who uh, were invited will be able to experience this banquet. He's saying because of their excuses, they're going to miss out. And, and they were not wicked excuses. They're not like they were going to like a, a seance or like the devil, you know, we're going to do the devil thing, you know, not at all. They were just busy. They had misplaced priorities. Uh, they had misaligned themselves and, and had gotten so full of so many things that it caused them to miss out on what they could have experienced. And, and Jesus teaches this. Story. I love this story. I think there are so many things in this story uh, that speak to me about the nature and characteristics of, of God. Um, when I read it, I always smile because I think one of the things that I love about this, just some thoughts, is that how Jesus uh, uh, loved parties. I would, have, I would have never, when I grew up, I did not think that Jesus would love a party. I would think that Jesus would love like a root canal and like roofing a house and like a lot of pain, a shovel, and just like, you know, hitting your thumb with a hammer. I mean, that's what he enjoys. I would have never thought that Jesus loved a party, but can I tell you something? 16 times in the New Testament, we see, just, see Jesus at a gathering. He's at a banquet. He's at a festival. He's at a table. And most of the parties he went to, the gatherings he went to, were at a house. So we could say that Jesus loved a good house party. Come on, somebody. I know none of you know none about that. But anyway. He said, well, why in the world would Jesus love a party? Jesus loved a party because Jesus loved people. And he had a, generous, a, genuine, a genuine interest in humanity. So he enjoyed being with people. He was a social person. He enjoyed a conversation. He enjoyed sitting at a table and, and, and communicating. Even at this table, even some of his enemies were there. But he, they speak across the table and they begin to talk to Jesus. So obviously he did not make everybody feel awkward. And I think sometimes we see a Jesus in the way we're raised or in our mindset or our learned behavior. We see a Savior that is extremely awkward and non-social and just kind of like, like, like Obi-Wan, like a Yoda. And he's in the swamps and he's just kind of over there with a lifesaver. And he's just going to cut your arm off if you come near him. And he's like a, a lamb and a dove and like a, an angelic chorus. And he's just kind of, he's just, whoa, he's there, but he's not there. And he's kind of, he's kind of 3D. It's like an image but we're not sure if he's there that's not the Jesus I see in scripture I see a I see a Jesus that invited himself to parties which I love because I have invited myself to many things <clears throat> I mean he's he, he goes into one city and he's he, there's a guy up in a tree called Zacchaeus and he says hey Zacchaeus I'm coming to your house tonight he's like I'm not having anything you are now we're having a party now which <laughs> I mean, the other day, me and my wife were walking at a place, and there's somebody's house, and they had a little party, and we're walking up to the front door, and she says, I, I didn't see the invitation. 
I didn't either, but they want us here. I promise you right now. They want me up in there because I'm going to make the party so much better. I'm going to be like, what's up? Ha! You want me at your party. They wanted Jesus at their party because he loved humanity. He loved all kinds of people, even people that were different than him. And, and you know one of the things I love about Jesus? He was such an includer. You see here that he keeps broadening the search. He keeps saying, wait a minute, we're, we're not full yet. There's, there's somebody else. There's, there's somebody else we need to reach. There's, there's, there's those that can't get here. There's those that are disconnected. And it's the responsibility of the connected to reach out to those that are disconnected. Can I have a better amen? Come on. And, and that's what he's saying. Let's broaden the search. Let's keep going out here. And he's a bringer. He's an includer. How many of you have been to a party? Ain't nobody there. Ain't no fun. Thank you very much. You walk at a party, ain't nobody there. You say, what's up? Where's everybody at? Well, I don't know if anyone else is going to be here or not. Okay, great. Well, I've got to go home and feed my ferret. I cannot be here any longer. Got a ferret to tend to. I won't be at no party and nobody at. But he keeps, he keeps saying, the, the more, the better. Hey, let's add a service. Let's, let's go start another campus. Let's go reach some more students. Let's, let's, let's get some more small group leaders. Let's create more environments and more opportunities through technology to give and to do more social media and to create more small group leaders and to, to keep broadening out. Why? Because Jesus cares about people, all kinds of people. And he kept, and, and one of the things I love about this is that it was the responsibilities of the servants to stay fluid and flexible to reach out. So when they thought they were done, he just said, no, 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 no. We're not done yet. I know you thought you were finished, but we've got to go back out and we've got to bring more people and we've got to care for more brokenness and we've got to reach out to the poor and to the hurting and to the lonely. And we're not having those that connect church is not near about done. We're not done yet. We're not done reaching people. We're not done caring for people. We're not done leading worship or done doing small group. We're just getting started in reaching people. So Jesus gives us this example, and he gives this good invitation. My prayer lately is, Lord, help me to live an inviting life like you. Because a good invitation, to me, it, a good invitation can take something that is common and ordinary and make it even more appealing. You ever seen an invitation? You saw the invitation, you're like, I don't know what this is, but I want to be there. Because it's like, you know, it's like an invitation. You open it up and glitter comes in the envelope. Or there's like a dove that flies out. And you open the box and a peacock steps out of the box and just invites you to someone's shower. And you're like, oh, I'm going to get a car if I go there. I'm telling you right now. I mean, it's a great, a good invitation makes something that seems so common, a baby shower, a party, a wedding. You get a solid invitation and it bumps up the whole experience. And, 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 and the other thing I thought about is this about an invitation, because I love an invitation and Lord help us to live an inviting life, is that an invitation is just really just a sample of more things to come. And that's what an invitation is. It's like a sample. And I love samples. I love free samples. Man, you give out free samples, I'm there. I stayed in a hotel last night. There's a hairdryer in my luggage. I have a pillow. I'm shipping a TV back. It's in my room. Shampoo and a TV. Come on, somebody. 
It's all a sample. It's in the room. I take the mattress if they let me. I like a sample. And, and our lives are to be a sample. We're to live our life as an inviting way. I can't be everything, but I can be a sample. I could be a sample of love. I could be a sample of forgiveness. I could be a sample of caring. I could be a sample of being a listener. Because a sample is an invitation of more things to come. Uh, we, we have a new store in, in, in Birmingham called Costco. I don't know if you have those here. It's like a bumped up Sam's, and it's a cool place. And my wife and I went there the other day for the first time. She's a list girl. She walks into Costco. She's getting after it. I get a little distracted. I'm just, it's 930 in the morning. I'm just I'm wandering around the store, and I meet these people called sample engineers. They stand at the end of the aisle. Most of them are senior adult women, and they're incredible. And they are from the Lord. I'm just telling you straight up, God sent them to Costco. And so I walk in there, and I enter, and they, I meet them, and they be, hey, good morning. I'm like, good morning. And she's like, kid, kid, are you hungry? It's 930. What do you think? I mean, I'm burning diesel. I'm starving. She says, can I tell you about the wonderful things we've prepared for the people of Birmingham? Yes, you can. And so she comes up, and she starts describing. It's just a sample. It's just a small sample. But she says, these are tortilla chips that have been brought down from the mountains of Costa Rica. And we brought and we barged them in bedazzled barges over here. And we paired them with some guacamole from Nicaragua. I'm like speaking Spanish. I'm like, oh, let's senorita, fuego, fuego. And I'm just like, well, yes, of course you are. And then she says, and we prepared them for you on a Vanity Fair napkin. Shut your mouth. Those are like 75 cents. I only get them at a wedding. And I take, it's just a sandwich, a chip and dip and a, and a napkin. But I take the sample, but it's the best thing I've ever had in my life. And I'm like, I see my wife, I'm like, Delid, we're going to Honduras. Come here. It's just a sample. But she says, would you like more? Yes. And I go around the corner. There's chips and, and avocados and, and spices and, and Vanity Fair napkins. I'm loading up the cart. It was a sample, but a sample was enough to make me want more. Can I tell you something? Every one of us could be a sample of God's grace, God's love, God's patience, God's understanding. That's why a small group is so important. Because a small group is an invitation. It's a sample of more to come. And so God, help us to live an inviting life. The way that I live my life, the way that I care, the way that I notice, the way that I lean into people's pain. Uh, Lord, that it would, that it would inv- because if my life can be inviting, then maybe I can live an invitation to someone, to Jesus. Because that's ultimately the way I want to live my life because he's done so much for me in my life. So I want to break this down and give you some application, kind of finish with some, some thoughts of what type of invitation is this uh, that God gives us uh, as a people, as, as a husband, as a blended family, as a dad, a single mom. Lord, what type of invitation is that that I, I need to handle or I need to be uh, in my life and in my words? Uh, the first thing that, that I see in Scripture uh, it's an invitation to rest, to rest. You know, there's a little scripture I didn't put on the screen because it's just a phrase. Uh, I think it's Matthew 11 uh, that says Jesus is speaking to the people. And he says, come unto me, all ye that labor and are, and, and are heavy laden. Come to me, all, all of those that have a burden. And he says these words, and I will give you rest. But we are living in a world today that is restless. 
I've never seen so much unrest just in the world and, and, and media and, and the world that we're living in. There's so, and, and it's pain that comes from everywhere. It's not one person. It's not one thing. There's so much pain and, and disappointment and, and dis- anger and, dis- and hurt and, and wounds that are happening. And we live in this world of, of, of restlessness in a marriage or as a, as a student or, or, or as, a, as a single again. There's just this restlessness. And, and Jesus stands and says, wait a minute. Come to me. All that are, are restless. All that are heavy burden, and I will give you rest. Lord, help us to be a people that provide rest for the weary. That when they walk in these doors, or they come to that connect group, or they see us at work or on the campus, Lord, that, that there's a peace that we have, Lord, that, that, that it's going to be okay. That God is with us, and that you're not alone, and that, that, that now is not forever. And that what's happening in your life does not have to define your life. There's hope. There's some help. Lord, let me live my life in a way that the way that I carry myself, the way that I treat my family, the way that I get over my mistakes, the way that I move past a failure, the way that I step out of a season. Hey, I let go of a chapter. Come on, somebody. Well, I'm able to let go of that chapter of my life. Lord, let, let it be a way that, that, I'm, that I'm an invitation of rest to a very weary world. Here's the second thing that it is. It's an invitation to discover uh, a meaningful life. Lord, help me to live my life in a way that, that I will help people to, to discover more. That's what next steps are all about. That's what you know, a journey is all about. That's what a connect group is all about. That's what living our life in a way that people can discover something. Lord, Lord, help me to be a person who will help people know that, that will hear things that other people don't hear, that will see things that other people don't see, uh, that, that I'll help people understand that there's freedom in life. Do you know, I can remember back in the day, uh, Pastor Derek, when uh, addiction did not touch every family. It is hard now to find a family that somewhere in the family, someone is not struggling through the pain of addiction. And the effects of it. And Lord, help me to, help me to live my life in a way that, that, that through my words and through my prayer and through my care and concern, that people can discover freedom and a new beginning. Hey, and a fresh start. That maybe you'll use me in that way. That Lord, let my life be inviting. Let my life be what? A living invitation. Because there's nothing worse than an uninviting life. You ever been around somebody, you get around them and say, man, that's, you don't want, you ever, you ever been somewhere to, to a place to shop or somewhere to eat and they're not inviting? What do you do? You don't go back there. If I don't feel welcomed, I don't go anywhere that I'm not really welcomed. I may be there for a moment. I may put up with some things. But if I don't feel welcomed, then, I, then I'm not going to subject myself to that. Lord, help me to live a welcoming life to lonely, to broken, to those that don't understand, so that they can discover that a meaning and a purpose for their life. Even people that are different than me, even hard people, sometimes are difficult. And then the last thing that I believe that, that God wants us to be, and you can see all these uh, in this passage in, in the book of Luke, there in chapter 14, is uh, an invitation to give. Lord, help me to, to live a life invitation to give. I love what Mother Teresa says, that we are never more like Jesus than when we give. For God so loved the world that he gave. 
Lord, help me to be like you, that I live a life of giving. There's a, a scripture that I'll finish with in 1 Timothy. Uh, it, it's become a go-to scripture for me lately. It's one of those scriptures that, that helps me to reset uh, my battery, kind of re-engage my heart to things that matter because I can get busy and get distracted and, and get a little full of myself. And I love this scripture. It's in 1 Timothy uh, chapter 6, 17, 18, and 19. This is an, Paul is talking to Timothy, and, and Paul is trying to help Timothy to get it, to get what life is all about. You're leading people. It's a difficult time. I'm wrapping up this letter. I don't know how much longer I got with you. I'm your spiritual father, your son. You're leading, and, and you need to get a hold of some things that matter. And so I, I want you to lean into something. And, and how many know somebody's final words? Because Paul will, will, will write one more letter to Timothy, and then Paul will be taken and be martyred. At this time, he's already in Rome. He's already in the Roman prison there at Mamertine Prison, right outside of the Roman Forum. I've been there. I've been to that prison. I've been into Paul's prison, into the dungeon where Paul was, where he penned these words. So these are the final things that he's saying to this spiritual son. And it's interesting that he tells them this. Of all the things you would say to someone, he says this at the close of 1 Timothy. He says, command those who are rich in this present world, not to be arrogant, nor to put their hope in wealth. It's amazing that was written 2,000 years ago, because it's the same truth today. He says, which is uncertain, but to put their hope in God, who richly provides us with everything for our enjoyment. Here's that word again, command them to do good, and to be rich in good deeds, and to be generous. I love this phrase, willing to share. In this way, not some other way, but in this way, they will lay up treasures for themselves as a firm foundation for the coming age so that they may take hold of the life that is truly life. Not that fake life, not that appearance of life, not that life that don't matter, not that life that doesn't make a difference, that real life. And, and the way that you take hold of life that is truly life is by living a generous life that's willing to share. And he, he communicates that out and says, this is, how, this is how it works, Timothy. I mean, what a truth. I wrote down in my journal, am I rich in good deeds? Am I, do I realize that I've been blessed to be a, make a difference in other people's life? Is my life inviting in the way that I'm living it? Lord, help me to give my, so last thing I wrote in my journal, help me to give my life away. Because I think that's the most inviting life is a life that makes a decision. I'm going to give my life away. Amen. The other day I was having one of those moments where uh, I was having a Dino day. I know y'all don't have a Dino day, but you may have a Betty day or an Alfonso day or whatever it may be. And that's just a day I'm all about me. Thinking about myself, sorting through my stuff, my problem, my calendar, my money, my future, my, 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 uh, my kids. Uh, my struggles and just Dino, I was just in. I call it being in my own head. I was just a, a lot of Dino. And I was just thinking. Sometimes I can fog out. I can trance out. And I was going through the Starbucks line. And I don't remember even ordering. Matter of fact, I was so into my head and thinking about me and my stuff and my situation and, and, and what I've got to fix and what I've got to uh, control and what I've got to perfect. And, and I even have an exchange with the person at the drive. I don't even remember the exchange. I don't know if the coffee was $800 or $8. I wasn't even clued in. And I just fogging out and I pull up right past the drive. And for some reason, I'm in my truck. I just put it in park and just parked there. 
First, I don't know why. I'm in park in the drive-thru line. I'm just, you know, just, I don't know how long I'm there. All I know is somebody knocks on my window, my truck, which startles me. I'm like, well, hey, man. I'm like, roll your window down. I don't know you. No. There's no way I'm rolling my window down. And, and he says, roll your window down. Finally, I roll my window down. He says, you're blocking the drive through line. I, did, I look around. There's like 15 cars. The Bristol's trying to get me to move up. People are blowing their horn at me. And I'm like, okay. So I finally pull up, and, and this, this guy pull, walks with me. I said, who are you? Are you like the Starbucks traffic police? Who, who, are, who are you? And he, he just says, no, man, I, I, I'm lost. He says, I, I took a bus over here, and I don't know this side of town. And I'm trying to find the other bus stop so I can get downtown. It's because I got to get to the shelter. And I said, what shelter? He tells me the shelter. I says, man, I know where that shelter is. Right next to our dream center where we do outreach like you do, care for people, partnerships with, with homeless and those that are, that are vulnerable. And, and, and I says, listen, man, listen, listen. Jump up in my truck. I'm going to run you down there. I'm not an advocate of giving homeless people a ride or let somebody you don't know up in your truck. He was a small guy. I'm a big guy. I was in control of the situation. And I may add that I was in Alabama in my truck. You'll figure that out later. I was all right. So we get in the truck. We start talking. I said, what's your name? He said, Benjamin. I said, Benjamin. I said, dude, that's in the Bible. He says, I know my mother tells me that. I said, he said, every time she's, I say my name, she says, remember, it's God's name. So I just start. I was like, Benjamin, 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 Benjamin. He says, what's your name? I said, Dino. He said, that's into Flintstones. He's like, yabba dabba do. So, so we start cracking on each other. We, we, we just messing with each other. We, we're laughing. We're talking. I got a few stuff in my back seat that I give them. We swing in and get a little burger, and I get them down to the shelter before it closes at 7 o'clock. And get to pray with Benjamin. Just get to have a moment. And he, he gets out and goes inside. And, I pull up, and I just said, Lord, thank you. Thank you that you sent me to Benjamin. Thank you that today you used me. Thank you that today I got out of my life, and, and, and I became more inviting because when I was in my own life, and I was being selfish, and I was being self-absorbed, I was not inviting to anyone. But thank you, Lord, that you used me in Benjamin's life today. And the Lord spoke to my heart like he normally does and says, Do you think I sent you to Benjamin? I sent Benjamin to you. Benjamin was the gift. Benjamin was the messenger. Benjamin was the person that had the inviting life. Can I tell you something? Lord, shake us, move us to the point that, Lord, we will give our life away and that we'll live an inviting life. Hey, let's be that church and let's be those people. Can I have a good amen? Let's bow our heads. Let's pray together. Father, we love you and Lord, we thank you for what you're doing in this house and to our pastors and the leadership. Lord, in a few moments, God, you're going you're to touch people's hearts. Maybe you're here today and our campus pastors are going to come and help you take those next steps. But maybe you're here today and you just feel you just feel far from God. You just feel far from God. I went through a season of my life. I felt very far from God. But you don't have to be. The greatest invitation ever given to mankind was his son. It was a living invitation. And then it became a dying invitation. 
but it's a resurrecting invitation. And it resurrects us. So maybe you're here today, and I know in a few moments you have an opportunity when you came in, you, you have a connect card, you have a worship guide. That we want to see you take those next steps, and our, one of our pastors is going to help you take that next step. It's so important. Get in a small group. Start the process. Start walking down the pathway. Oh, I just want to encourage you. Walk the pathway. But maybe you're here today, and I just want to give you an opportunity to say yes to Jesus, to accept the invitation. Say yes to an invitation. Greatest invitation there. Maybe you're here today and you say, Dean, I just feel far from God. I want to invite Jesus into my heart. I want to, I want to lead you in prayer. I'm not going to embarrass you. I'm not going to have you come forward or stand up this morning. But if you just say today, I need a new beginning. I need a fresh start. All across this room with every head bowed, every eye closed. You say, Dino, can you pray for me? I just, I just need to invite. I need, I need to say yes to the invitation of Jesus. I need a new beginning in my life. Can you just slip up your hand? Just right wherever you are. Just slip up your hand. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Hands are going up. Thank you so much. That's awesome. Thank you. That's great. That's incredible. You can put that hand down. I'm going to lead you in prayer, and then we're going to help you take that next step, get you to fill out that connection card, which is so important in this process. But let me lead you in prayer. Wherever you're at, you can just pray a prayer like this. You can pray it out loud. You can pray it out of your heart, just wherever you're at. Maybe you didn't raise your hand, but today you need a new beginning. You need a fresh start. Just pray a prayer like this. Just say, dear Jesus, I invite you into my life, and I ask you to be Lord of my life. Forgive me of my sins. I believe that you died and that you rose again. And so today, I confess you as my Lord and Savior. In Jesus' name. Now, Father, I pray for Connect Church. Lord, I pray that we will live inviting lives for the cause of Jesus Christ. Let us be those people And let us be that church. In Jesus' name, amen.